everyone. My name is Barbara Logan, and I'm part of the women's ministry of Barcelona Norte uh, Women's Bible Study in El Paso, Fort Bliss, Texas. And today, I just want to give a lecture on a teaching that I had done last week about judgment. In fact, this one is in reference to judgmentalism. Now, we are looking at the difference between judgment calls and judgmentalism, but today's study is only in reference to judgmentalism. We are looking at Matthew's chapter 7, verse 1, as a teaching that Christ has given to everyone. And there's a couple of insights that I want to really just dive into and look deeper into. And I utilize some of the Hebrew and Greek terms to look at the context of, of the things that he says. And I just want to give the Holy Spirit um, tremendous shout out for, for this teaching. Because without him, I mean, there was no way I would have known any of this. So... I just want to thank him in advance for the revelation, and I hope that your hearts do receive the same thing, too. Uh, It says in Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with the judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall measure to you again. And why behold the mote in thy brother's eye, but not consider not the beam that is in your own eye? Oh, how would that... To, uh, how would I say to thy brother, let me pull out that moat out of thy own eye, out of that eye? And verse 4, it says, Oh, how would thou say to thy brother, let me pull out that moat out of thine eye? And behold, a beam is in thy own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thy own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat of thy brother's eye. Give not which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. You know, in the Message Bible, the Message Bible, see, Jesus is describing a type of judgmentalism that he wants us to refrain from. Because behind this, it's a particular spirit that leads this type of thinking. The Message Bible, it says in Matthew 7, verse 1 through 5, and I'm just going to skim the first couple of sentences. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has the same, has a way of boomeranging. That critical spirit. See, Jesus was talking about the hypocriticals, the the hypocrites. In verse 5, he says, you hypocrite. He was talking about hypocrites. You know, when we take the time to really look at what that means, that definition of a hypocrite, well, hypocritical, hypocritical means somebody that is undercritical by choosing to ignore himself what he might very well criticize in others that is the terms of what a hypocritical individual is but jesus was uh, also referring to the critical spirit you know there is a critical spirit that roams and this spirit loves to tear down 
and it destroys with words. If we are not mindful of these characteristic traits, this critical spirit will try to rob you from enjoying life. So here are some critical, um, the critical spirit's characteristics. There's a lot of complaining. There's judgmentalism that we just talked about. It. There's there's that judgmental um, attributes of it. There is a, a concept of thinking where the glass is half empty. The glass is half empty. It sends failures in others than its own self. See, with the critical spirit, it causes perversion in discernment of not being able to recognize God's grace. And so when I was given that revelation of of the critical spirit, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, you know, how do we overcome a critical spirit? And he says, take the time to ask me for help. Allow me to reveal to you any critical words that may spring out of your mouth. Why? Because it concerns your heart. See, God is concerned about our heart because what comes out of our mouth, what flows out of our mouth is the matter of the heart, the inner motives of our thinking. He said, instead of what is missing or what is not going on that's writing your life, he says, to redirect your focus, meaning there has to be an intentional refocusing in our thoughts. Now, this is to understand that you should not ignore the things that bother you. It's the fact of not dwelling in the matter. And we also need to take the time to understand that we are talking about the critical spirit. There is a difference between a critical spirit and being critical minded. See, we need a critical mind to to process things. Critical thinking, that 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 is a need. And we're not going to talk about that on in this topic that will be part two but for this topic we're talking in regards to the critical spirit a critical spirit that destroys with words a critical spirit that robs you from enjoying life and he says in verse five thou hypocrite first cast out the beam of thy own eye and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of the brother's eye So he says, you know, take the time to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if there is a critical spirit that speaks within. Because this is going out to either a a believer, a believer or a religious individual. Um, You know, and recently there has been a lot of talk about, you know, Kanye West converting to Christianity, right? And um, on one side, you know, you have people praising, praising, and praising, and then you other on the other side, it's like, well, he's in it for this, he's in it for that. There's no way he can be saved. Da, 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 da. You know, all these kinds of critical speaking. 
you know, ways to find division through those types of words of tearing down. And so, you know, this is a great time to recognize the spirit as words flow out of people. And I'm not to say what is what with Kanye West. My stance is, you know, every soul counts. Every soul matters to Jesus Christ. And there will be more rejoicing in heaven for one sinner who repents than many righteous people who have never repented at all. So that's not my position to say where Kanye West is with his walk in Christ. All I know is the word of God said that by the spirit of the Lord, it is the spirit, the Holy Spirit himself that will allow somebody to say that Jesus is Lord. So let's continue on. In verse 6, in verse 6, it says, Give not thou, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your, your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn against and rend you. Now, it was, um, you know, I, I've been studying on this for a few days now, and I wanted to take the time to talk about a couple of things of these descriptions. I had, I was waking up, oh my gosh, it had to be like around 4 o'clock in the morning or so, and and I was reading these, this, um, actually Proverbs, Proverbs, I'll go over it, Proverbs verse 2, Proverbs in verse 2, Proverbs chapter 2, no, I'm lying. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22 through 24. It said, Simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? That word kept popping up in the middle of the night over and over. Cynics, cynics, cynics. And so I got onto Google and I'm like, what does that word mean? That is the Greek meaning of dog. Dog. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Jesus was talking about certain type of individuals with certain type of perceptions. Dogs. Cynics. Have you ever heard of, you're being very cynical right now, or that's a cynical person. Cynic. What is your definition of a cynical person when, when that word comes to your head? Well, a cynical person is one who believes that only selfishness motivates humans' actions. It's a person who believes or minimizes selfless acts or disinterested in points of view. You see, they're always looking for a negative situation. They're 
they're more of a, a egoists where it's like um a dog eat dog world you know dog eat dog world like i have to i have to take care of myself before you screw me over type of thinking um i will have to do what's best for me even if it means hurting everybody else and if you benefit from it well you know you just got lucky that's that's an egoism that's an egoist that is an egoist that's a, a cynical person you know who only believes in selfishness motives the root of cynicism is doubt See, these are individuals who have been hurt in past experiences in life that they just can't trust people. They can't trust them. So if they can't trust them, then how can they trust what the words that are coming at, at them with? And, and with a cynical spirit, with a cynical spirit, judgment is the first thing they feel. Judgment is the first thing they feel. See, in Proverbs, Proverbs 9, verse 7 through 9, it says, If you reason with an arrogant cynic, you'll get slapped in the face, confront bad behavior, and get kicked in the shins. So don't waste your time on a scoffer. All you'll get for your pains is abuse. But if you correct those who care about life, that's different. They'll love you for it. So save your breath for the wise. They'll be wiser for it. Tell good people what you know, and they'll profit from it. You know, with the cynic, a cynical person, correction Jesus is saying, you know, you come with this critical spirit, you come with with correction, I need to correct you because I want to correct you, or even if somebody says I'm trying to correct you out of love it, it it's not going to work with this type of person it's not going to work with this type of person think about, you know um, you know, Jesus uses the, the word dogs the Greek meaning of that is cynic, but think about it in the natural perspective of when somebody comes, um Let's take it as a, an animal um, rescuer comes in to the scene to save an abused, extremely ne- neglected dog. What are the natural reactions or expectations that rescuer is going to experience? Well, off the bat, we know that the dog is not going to cheerfully just come with the, the rescuer. There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a fight. They put on the right gear just in case the dog tries to fight. It's going to be aggressive, that aggressive state, because it's scared. A, skin, a cynic, cynic, cynical. Cynical is, is the same thing that, that, that Jesus was referring to these type of people with this type of perception. So correction coming at them with correction will not apply see there's an approach where the rescuer has to come in with a form of gentleness with no aggression you know to show that 
They're here to help that animal. They're not there to hurt it. So they give off this type of approach. This is a different approach that Jesus wants us to take on if we are to deal with these type of people. If he asks us to deal with these type of people. Because like I said, every soul counts. Every soul matters. No matter what the sin is. No matter what they experienced in life. Every soul counts. And he says, you know what? If you're going to go out there and save my people, there's an approach that I want you to apply. Before we keep going, let's look at what else this verse says. Neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. You know, when I was reading that, the swine, at first I thought he was like, you know, a, a, a pig, a cute little babe pig. You know, from that movie, Babe. So a little farm pig, cute pink with a little swirl tail. And I was like, you know, a pig, they don't seem harmless. And no, 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 no. We're talking about swine. We're talking about hogs. The wild boars is the reference that Christ was talking about. So these are big old, big old beasts right? Full of fur and huge tusks. And as I was reading that, they said that, you know, those who hunt dangerous animals, the wild boar was right in that list of elephants, hippopotamus, rhinoceros, the, um, the tiger, the, the, the big cat family, and then right underneath the fifth top five dangerous animals to hunt is the wild boar. And it said, you know, a tip or a hint for those who decide to to hunt these type of dangerous animals that the wild boar's most aggressive state is when they're wounded. To never approach that wounded animal because that is the most aggressive state they could ever be in. That is why Christ says, at least they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. See, when people are wounded, when people are wounded, that correction will not work. there's an offense that takes place immediately they betray as being judged or looked down upon and so Jesus says we have to remove that intimidation factor through love through empathy you know there's a difference between empathy and sympathy you know sympathy is is yeah it's that caring understanding uh, of compassion and it's very superficial but Jesus wants our love to go deeper he wants us to empathize the ability to experience those feelings for another see it's an, a love approach a love approach and so with that love approach I wrote down a few ways of how to deal with cynical minded people 
The first one, avoid reacting. See, because with cynical people, cynical-minded people, they draw onto those negative emotions. They draw onto those negative emotions. So when you speak, if you're allowed to speak to a person who's acting cynical or portraying correct uh, characteristics of uh, cynicism, avoid reacting. The second one, listen beyond their emotions. Listen to understand their situations. This is where the, the empathy comes from. This is where the empathy gets applied. To listen beyond their emotions and go into the understanding of their situation. Yes, they're hurt. Yes, they are they are aggressive. Yes, there there is a state of distrust. But listening beyond the emotions and trying to take the time to understand their situation, that's where the compassion takes place. The third one is ask the person if they want to find a solution or they're needing a sounding board. So many times these people with this type of mindset come from a place where they don't feel like they're being understood. And they just need somebody to just listen. Which comes to the fourth rule of being quick to listen and slow to speak. Not every moment has to be a teachable moment. The fifth one, protect your personal boundaries. That is why he says, cast ye your pearls before swine. At least they trample them under your feet. You must protect your personal boundaries. If that pearl is peace, you must protect it. Because remember, they draw onto those negative emotions. So if you have to care for your pearl, you do whatever you need to to protect that personal boundary. If that person's state is too aggressive, then take another time to speak to that person. But boundary, personal boundaries must be protected. You must protect your pearl, whatever that is, regarding the word of God's promises. His promises that have been given to you, those are your pearls. Those are the things that have value that no money or nobody can rob from you. But you should not allow people to trample over them either. So this is where your personal boundaries come into place. When he says, when you're dealing with the lost, when you're dealing with the hurt, you have to do an approach that does not come from correction, but comes from love, a place of empathy, of deep compassion where you are able to experience their feelings you may not know the exact situation they're going through but you can feel the deep hurt the suffering that they have and that's the type of empathy of love that Jesus is asking when you approach these type of people he says if you come with this this a critical spirit immediately 
they won't get offensive. Immediately, they will feel like you're being judgmental on them. Immediately, they will get aggressive. And immediately, they will turn and trample and rend on you. He says, check the spirit you are walking in. That's where he says, first cast out the beam of thy own eye and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye see he's asking us to do a self-examination within our inner motives that if we are coming in by the holy spirit we are not coming in through judgment of correction we're not coming in through the spirit of criticalness but we are coming from his spirit of love and truth that holds deep empathy to feel someone else's pain and sufferings. That gentle approach that can only be led by the Holy Spirit to come to somebody and say, hey, I've been there where you've been. I felt that hurt before. And God can do the impossible. Or I never have experienced the things that you're going through right now. But I feel your pain and your hurt. And I'm sorry that you're going through these things. But God loves you. And he will never leave you. Nor forsake you. And he cares about you. Just as much more than I care about you. But you know. It gets to that deep emotional connection. Where. Unity. From love. From that deep. Part of empathy comes into play where your motives become compassionate yet patient and also hopeful you know because Jesus didn't come into the world to judge but he came into this world to save And that is why the love factor is so important to Jesus. When he called us to go out to be the salt of the earth and the light to this world. He said, know the difference between sympathy and empathy. And take the time to remove that intimidation factor. And utilize my love. So that you have the ability to discern who you're speaking to. See, cynicism doesn't have to be an all-around person. He said, you could even be speaking to a believer, but in that specific area of their life, they are so wounded that if you come at them with correction, they're immediately going to be thinking you're judging them. He said, you approach them with love, with my love. 
will be able to allow my spirit to save them. Because with this type of approach of correction, correction will not do. My approach of love is how you're going to get to my people. Every soul counts. And this was the teaching that God gave me. I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to listen to it. If you like more, uh, we'll have a part two coming up in the following weeks. God bless.